All right. Well, Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. We are in our new format doing these live on LinkedIn Live. So for those of you that are watching us uh, in the middle of your workday, in the middle of March, in what is here in Seattle, a beautiful day. It is. Uh, I can just barely, uh, Brandon, I can just barely tell. Like, we might be getting to spring here in Seattle. It usually comes a little late, this, this, part, of the, this part of the woods. <laughs> But um, it's sunny and nice, and I'm here for it. So if you're watching live, thank you very much for doing so. If you're watching or listening on demand, thank you very much for following us. Continue to be excited about the audience that we're building around the Sales Pipeline radio podcast. And if you like what you hear today, no pressure, Brandon, you will like what you hear over the past uh, 240 or so episodes are all available up at salespipelineradio.com. We're featuring some of the best and brightest minds in B2B sales and marketing each week. Very excited today to have with us the co-founder, co-CEO of CoSell, uh, Brendan Cassidy. Brendan, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, uh, happy to join you. Thank you. So if the name sounds familiar, he has been associated with uh, what like, looks like about half of the companies in the sales and marketing technology space as an advisor, as a consultant. Um, so excited to get your perspective. Maybe let's start there broadly. Um, it's been a hell of a year as we come up on what about almost a year since we all sort of went into our holes. Yeah. Um, you know, what's the last year been like for you? Uh, and, you know, what have you seen in the market? that maybe the pandemic has changed, you know, that, that we're going to, we can, things that maybe we can look forward to that'll be advantages moving forward. Yeah. Um, the last 12 years have been much like the current <laughs> real time now, which is I'm in a, I'm in the, my cottage in the backyard, um, you know, working obviously remote from sort of the company that I work for as well as my clients. Um, and uh, you know, unlike many, I actually do look forward to someday, um, interacting with people maybe, um, in a sort of work environment in person. Um, I know everybody's like, Hey, it's remote forever kind of thing, but I'm actually like, Hey, like when it's safe, I'd love to be able to <laughs> interact and, and maybe, uh, you know, sort of collaborate with people in person, but, uh, not yet, not safe to do that yet, but, uh, someday I think. Someday, someday soon. I think we're seeing a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. Very excited to see some of the advancements, both in sort of the vaccine as well as the distribution strategies. And I have considered myself lifelong to be an introvert. Um, but this year has tested that. I do miss getting out and seeing people. I love my family dearly. I have cherished uh, the time with them, honestly, instead yeah. of being 100,000 miles plus on the road. But, um, but there's so, certainly been some silver linings in these clouds as well. One of the reasons I was excited to have you on, and not only sort of with your experience uh, and sort of expertise in the space, is also to talk a little bit about CoSell and what you guys are doing there. Because I think this year has changed the way a lot of people think about their go-to-market strategy. You know, literally a year ago, uh, we pulled everybody out of the field. You know, we didn't have salespeople making calls. We didn't have events we were doing. You couldn't even do your own events. So it changed people's go-to-market strategy. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people continue. I mean, a lot of the companies we talked to continue to have a very direct sales model. Um, and it seems to me that one of the still underutilized go-to-market efforts is through partnerships. Talk a little bit about what you've seen in the market. Clearly, you've seen something similar, given the, what you're doing with CoSell. Yeah. But talk about the why there and what opportunities you're seeing. Yeah, I think, you know, as far broadly speaking, I think the 
shift in sales towards like inside, whatever you want to call inside sales models, I guess, Mm -hmm. has been ongoing for, you know, 10 years or more. Yeah. So I don't think, I don't necessarily think, and obviously in a pandemic when everybody's working remote, like everybody is both a field sales and an inside sales person. Like you're, you know, you're a field of one essentially, and you're wherever, wherever you are um, sort of hold up, whether that's a home office or, or, or whatever. But yeah, so I don't think any major shifts there. I think the shift away from traditional field sales has been going on for um, a long time, um, yeah. really longer than 10 years. And, and obviously the technologies that enable enable that motion or that go-to-market motion have also evolved over that time, right? So most obviously the, the focus on sort of outbound um, kind of brute force sales development, right? Outreach, sales loft, um, Zoom info and, and that motion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a time 15 years ago when sales owned none of that, <laughs> right? Um, and that market, sort of the entire demand gen sort of responsibility was essentially viewed as marketing's responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so that shifted over time um, almost entirely from one camp to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're now where you see that go to market motion owned by sales most of the time. Um, and so I've been personally for 10 years, honestly, to be frank, um, wanting to sort of solve this problem, which is the fact that introductions, referrals, relationships are the easiest way um, to go to market and get into accounts and put your best foot forward. And generally speaking, nobody does it. And I've wanted to figure out a way for people to be able to do it. Maybe not all the time, but some, you know, that that should be core to how we go to market. That should be core to how we sell, sell and market. And it's essentially been ignored. And that's that it, you know, for this, this is the one idea that I felt personally um, passionate enough about to commit all the way to. Um, that's here we are. Awesome. Talking today on Sales Pipeline Ready with uh, Brendan Cassidy. He's the co founder, co CEO of CoSell.io, and you can find him, believe it or not, at CoSell.io. Why, why have referrals been so difficult why why has it why has this been a perennial challenge for sales organizations not just to do but really do consistently at scale because i well i think that's there's a lot of different reasons why but like certainly what first off most salespeople most salespeople don't really know how to play relationship angles i'd say so um you know there is there's an art and a science to it, but like, yeah, on some level it's, it's as good as your network potentially, right. Or your, your network or your Rolodex and the people that you know, and you very well may have the network to do it much more effectively than you do do it, but you don't, I think generally is the, is the theme for most salespeople. Mm -hmm. And I think we've, you know, we've sort of moved into this sort of like um, sort of separation of church and state model around sales, right? Where you have sort of the SDR demand gen side, and then you have the right. sales side. Right. And the demand gen side is expected to fully uh, book an AE's schedule. And the AE's themselves don't do a lot of prospecting, right? So the, the concept of like a full stack account executive or a full stack salesperson has essentially gone out the window. Mm-hmm. And and I, I get it. And there 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 certainly you should have a dedicated SDR organization, no doubt. That's table stakes, I think. But in that, you know, sales most 
it, most salespeople don't know how to play the angles. Most salespeople don't know how to look at an account and say, you know, you used to work for uh, Microsoft, right? And I want to get into Microsoft's CRM, CRM organization. And, and how do I, you know, how do I find, not just find and identify the angles, but play them. Yeah. That could be a referral. That could be, it, there's a lot of things that could be, but we don't do it, generally speaking. And so like, this is one small step in that direction, right? Which is saying, hey, like there are people around us that can get us, that know our customers that can introduce us to our customers and if we're not doing that we're not we're not we're not doing our best period that's my that's my opinion so yeah well and sometimes even even something that's a good idea we need a process we need a system we need a platform to help facilitate that mm -hmm. on a more consistent basis uh, yeah know, i think most consistent most good sellers i know have a system for prospecting system for selling and, you know, sometimes it comes down to a set of processes and checklists. Sometimes it's just a list of things you got to check off and do every day. And even the most successful people still need those reminders and those that infrastructure around them to be successful at doing that. Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, on some level, like prospecting can't just be a numbers game. Mm -hmm. Right. And when we say like every problem has a brute force solution, right, which is just more emails, more cold calls, whatever it is. That's not true, right? And there, there's a cost to that. Meaning, you know, like you look at, <laughs> you you can only sort of inundate the market with your message so many times, right? Um, in a sort of sort of one to many approach. Mm -hmm. And there's there's a huge advantage to saying, you know, hey, like what is our absolute most strategic path into some subset at a minimum, some subset of our customers. Yeah. Um, and if we can up level our game there. Meaning, hey, we're get, we know that we're getting into you know twenty percent of our deals through referrals. You're in a, you're in a much better position in those deals vis-a-vis -vis the competition, who you know is maybe in the door through a cold call or some other way. If you're in the door through an introduction, a qualified introduction from somebody that the prospect knows, mm -hmm. you have an inherent advantage from the word go. So. Now, some people will use the term partner marketing and channel marketing interchangeably as if they're the same things. Can you talk a little bit about what you see as the difference between having sort of a partner sort of referral introduction approach and sort of what a lot of people think of as channel sales channel channel approach? Yeah, I think I look at it as um, not necessarily not in maybe traditional terms around like sort of what is a partner strategy or what is a channel strategy, but I look at it as, you know, there's so many of us, right? There's so many companies in the sales cloud or the marketing cloud or the support that really, literally, I mean, there's thousands, right? Mm -hmm. And all of them have this similar, many have a similar go-to-market motion as we do, mm -hmm. right? They're all, they're trying to get to the same buyers with the same methods and, and all the rest, right? Mm -hmm. And so the basic premise of CoSell is, hey, if I can find a company that has a parallel go-to-market motion with me, meaning they are selling to the same people I am, Mm -hmm. but we're not competing against them. Why would I not want to join forces with them right. and say, you know, Hey, where can I help you? Where, where can I help you or get you into an account? Where can you get me into an account? Mm -hmm. It's the lowest hanging fruit. I can possibly imagine from a sales and marketing standpoint in the last 20 years Absolutely. and we don't do it. And so that's what we're trying to sort of automate that. That that's how we think about it. We don't think about it in terms of partners. Mm -hmm. We think about it in terms of, people that have a similar go-to-market motion and a similar target buyer that we don't compete against. 
and if we can if we can help them and they can help us, why are we not doing that? It's crazy. It is crazy. It's like um, saying you can, you know, you're at house values and I'm at Zillow or whatever it is, right? I, I know you're at I wanted to give you a house values re wow. <laughs> reference there, by the way. Homework. <laughs> I, mean, I bet you don't get that every day, by the way. No, <laughs> so, <I'm> not. <laughs> uh, house values. How, by the way, house values, the amount of talent that came out of house values, crazy. Yeah. Like you can put the trajectory of like the Seattle tech scene, at least in the sales and marketing world. People coming out of house values went to Jobster to DocuSign and a lot of these companies up there. So it's pretty impressive. Anyways, I'll, I'll move off that. But um, um, what was I saying again? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you were, like, talk, you were just yeah, talking about like, the importance of those, yeah. you know, those co-sell opportunities, basically. Exactly. Like, so, so for instance, if um, I'll just throw two companies out there, say Outreach and Gong, right? Mm -hmm. um, I don't, you don't think of them as competitors, you know, maybe they do compete at some point and there's overlap. I'm not trying to get into <laughs> how that sort of that base plays out or consolidates over time. But um, here's, you know, here's two companies that, Hey, like we're selling to the same, same customer, mm -hmm. non-competing solutions. So what if, you know, I could find out, Hey, where do my prospective customers overlap with your existing and vice versa? Um, why would you, you know, why would you not do that? It's like, and the alternative is to say, you know what? I don't want to do that. Let's go send another 10,000 emails. Right. <laughs> Um, and that seems to be the mentality and, I, you know, changing that behavior in my, for me is the most important thing I could do in my career. I was early at LinkedIn, 15th employee at LinkedIn, built the corporate sales org there. Um, EchoSign, we acquired by Adobe, uh, TalkDesk, Gong, all these companies I helped build. And I, I view this as the most important thing I can do in my career, which is, yeah, yeah that's, you know, not, I'm yeah. not saying I'm not guaranteeing my success in any way, but like, it's worth it's ambitious you know yeah so. yeah um boy you, you got me got my brain thinking about the the house values uh, alumni network now right where you've got you know it does seem like well what's interesting is there's a there's a lot of people that have obviously moved on to great things you've got again morris who's moved on to new companies you've got nikki parek who's running Supplari, a great procurement as a service firm you got marina as who was leading real self and helping them grow valuation for a while um and then you have scott smith shout out scott smith who's still there Brandon, he's uh, so he was, you know, like house values became market leader, sold the Trulia, truly got bought by Zillow, Zillow sold market leader, and then recently market leader bought top producer, which was a CRM competitor to house values back yeah. in the day. And Scott's running that whole empire now. So, shout yeah. out to Scott and everyone else who's uh, coming yeah, out. Yeah, I bet, I bet the, the campfire stories will probably go, go for a while on uh, surviving all those transitions. There you know, we we are we are awful at getting the alumni group back together. There was a couple three years ago. There was sort of a, a, a just any and all house values market leader alumni event at their new office building that was super fun. Even the being Mark able Owl. to yeah, I think surviving sort of being the acquired right yeah, and surviving all the different layers of post acquisition um, change. Yep, I think that's that's in and of itself an art form. Um, but but yeah, I mean basically it's you know. The concept is really like uh, there's a guy named Riley Devine, actually, that was at House Values sure. when you were there. He's one of my best yeah. friends. He worked for me at, at EchoSign. He's now the top rep at Outreach. And oh. um, yeah, like some one of the, and he's sort of been aligned with me that this is, hey, this is just, this has to happen, this idea, this product. Yeah. 
and, and part of our rationale for it and talking to Riley years ago is like, even if you just found one salesperson, right? Riley is at outreach and he finds one rapid gong, right? And they can find out where their overlaps are. Yep. Just, just four or five introductions and referrals into mm-hmm. accounts and into deals. Mm-hmm. It's meaningful, right? Very meaningful. Uh, yeah. When you're playing at that level, right? And I think it's it's how do we move away from this brute force? Just let's just blast the world and scorch the earth yep. mentality to sales and marketing, and start moving towards let's be super targeted and super strategic. And maybe we, you know, we don't have to empty the holster every time we want to win some customers. Uh, we got just a couple more minutes here. By the way, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a gun owner, so. No, it's all, <laughs> all, it's all good. No, I appreciate it. We, so. <laughs> we got to wrap up here in a couple minutes with our guest today, co-founder, co-CEO, co-sell.io, Brendan Cassidy. And, you know, we were talking about sort of just finding those couple of deals to sort of get things going. And, you know, someone, you know, has, you know, let's talk about the chicken or egg scenario here, right? Like someone told me once that it, partnerships don't create deals. Deals create partnerships. And I know a lot of people say, hey, let's work together. Let's do our account mapping. Let's come up with this great strategy of how we work together. Like that's all great and fine and good. But sometimes you get those one or two deals where you go to market together and all of a sudden you're like, okay, there's juice here. This really works. It validates things. In your experience, like what's the chicken and the egg? Like do you focus first on deals or do you find those like-minded partners and build some structure behind it? Yeah, I mean, you you know, certainly this can't happen without some partners, right, <laughs> on some level. So um, what we've seen a lot of the time is it's like a lot of times it's like two VPs of sales for company X and company Y, right, that know because the sales leadership community has kind of become a, commu- a real community of say, over the last five or six years. So a lot of us know each other. And so it's like, hey, I know, you know, I know Matt, Matt runs sales at this company, I know he sells to CROs, right? And mm-hmm. then I reach out and I'm like, hey, I'm like, maybe we can help each other, right? So it really kind of starts at that level. I think where when it's just a partner, partnership manager level initiative, mm-hmm. that's not good enough, right? Yeah. Like this has to be an initiative that has the full support and sponsorship of sales leaders. Oftentimes that's where the partnership side reports. And I think that's, you know, certainly there has been, we're not the first to kind of, come into this arena there there has been some companies that have been here raised money and had you know and created you know real progress and momentum for themselves mm-hmm. but I, I don't view this i review this as a referral this is about driving referrals and introductions mm-hmm. through people we know mm-hmm. this is not just about partner enablement and i think that's you know if you're just selling a solution to partner managers you're not getting it done in my opinion right, right. because that's not selling into the power really quite frankly um and so that's you know where we're going here is the the sort of uh, intersection of sales leadership and sort of the partner side of the business which to this point has been mostly unmarried just because most vps of sales don't view the partnership side as a creative mm-hmm. and they're coming your way <laughs> so i would tell any partner manager listening vp of sales is coming so <laughs> Um, you're going to have to, you know, this is going to have to be a joint effort between the partner side of the business and, and the sales side of the business because the sales mm-hmm. side is the only way you can really get distribution for this. Right. Um, you can't get it through a single partner manager trying to mine deals through partners mm-hmm. um, while you have 30 salespeople over here, you know, sort of going their own way. And so that's my take on it. And that's that's that'll be a shift because to this yeah. point, 
most partner managers want to just kind of use this as kind of their secret garden, right? Um, and ain't gonna ain't gonna work no more. So yep, yep, got yeah. it. So good advice. We're looking we're looking forward to being a, a big part of that behavioral shift. Yeah. Well, I've been impressed with what I've seen so far from CoSell. So definitely, folks, check out CoSell.io. Lots to learn there. They've got a great blog and podcast as well. Yeah. So learn more about making this part of your regular motion uh, in your business and your go-to-market yeah. strategy. Uh, Brandon Cassidy, co-founder, co-CEO, CoSell.io. Thanks very much for joining us today. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, glad to join you. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. We'll be here again next week, every week, Thursday at 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern, live on LinkedIn. Uh, and thanks, everyone, for listening on the podcast as well. This is Matt Hines. You've been listening to Sales Pipeline Radio. All right. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. We are in our new format doing these live on LinkedIn Live. So for those of you that are watching us uh, in the middle of your workday, in the middle of March, in what is here in Seattle, a beautiful day. It is. Uh, I can just barely, uh, Brandon, I can just barely tell. Like We might be getting to spring here in Seattle. It usually comes a little late, this, this, part, of the, this part of the woods. But um, it's sunny and nice, and I'm here for it. So if you're watching live, thank you very much for doing so. If you're watching or listening on demand, thank you very much for following us. Continue to be excited about the audience that we're building around the Sales Pipeline radio podcast. And if you like what you hear today, no pressure, Brandon. You will like what you hear over the past uh, 240 or so episodes. They're all available up at salespipelineradio.com. We're featuring some of the best and brightest minds in B2B sales and marketing each week. Very excited today to have with us the co-founder, co-CEO of CoSell, uh, Brendan Cassidy. Brendan, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, uh, happy to join you. Thank you. So if the name sounds familiar, he has been associated with uh, what like, looks like about half of the companies in the sales and marketing technology space as an advisor, as a consultant. Um, so excited to get your perspective. Maybe let's start there broadly. Um, it's been a hell of a year as we come up on what about almost a year since we all sort of went into our holes. Yeah. Um, you know, what's the last year been like for you? Uh, and, you know, what have you seen in the market? that maybe the pandemic has changed, you know, that, that we're going to, we can, that things that maybe we can look forward to that'll be advantages moving forward. Yeah. Um, the last 12 years have been much like the current <laughs> real time now, which is I'm in a, I'm in the, my cottage in the backyard, um, you know, working obviously remote from sort of the company that I work for as well as my clients. Um, and, uh, you know, unlike many, I actually do look forward to someday, um, interacting with people maybe um, in a sort of work environment in person. Um, I know everybody's like, hey, it's remote forever kind of thing, but I'm actually like, hey, like when it's safe, I'd love to be able to <laughs> interact and, and maybe, uh, you know, sort of collaborate with people in person, but uh, not yet, not safe to do that yet, but uh, someday, I think. Someday, someday soon. I think we're seeing a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. Very excited to see some of the advancements, both in sort of the vaccine as well as the distribution strategies. And I have considered myself lifelong to be an introvert. Um, but this year has tested that. I do miss getting out and seeing people. I love my family dearly. I have cherished uh, the time with them, honestly, instead yeah. of being 100,000 miles plus on the road. But, um, but there's so, certainly been some silver linings in these clouds as well. 
one of the reasons I was excited to have you on, and not only sort of with your experience uh, and sort of expertise in the space, is also to talk a little bit about CoSell and what you guys are doing there. Because I think this year has changed the way a lot of people think about their go-to-market strategy. You know, literally a year ago, uh, we pulled everybody out of the field. You know, we didn't have salespeople making calls. We didn't have events we were doing. You couldn't even do your own events. So it changed people's go-to-market strategy. Um, But a lot of people continue. I mean, a lot of the companies we talk to continue to have a very direct sales model. Um, And it seems to me that one of the still underutilized go-to-market efforts is through partnerships. Talk a little bit about what you've seen in the market. Clearly, you've seen something similar, given what you're doing with CoSell. But talk about the why there and what opportunities you're seeing. Yeah, I think, you know, as far broadly speaking, I think the shift in sales towards like inside, whatever you want to call inside sales models, I guess, Mm -hmm. has been ongoing for, you know, 10 years or more. Yeah. So I don't think, I don't necessarily think, and obviously in a pandemic when everybody's working remote, like everybody is both a field sales and an inside sales person. Like you're, you know, you're a field of one essentially, and you're wherever, wherever you are. Um, sort of hold up, whether that's a home office or, or or whatever. But yeah, so I don't think any major shifts there. I think the shift away from traditional field sales has been going on for um, a long time, um, yeah. really longer than 10 years. And and obviously the technologies that enable, enable that motion or that go-to-market motion have also evolved over that time, right? So most obviously the, the focus on sort of outbound, um, kind of brute force sales development, right? Outreach, sales loft, um, Zoom info and, and that motion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a time 15 years ago when sales owned none of that, <laughs> right? right. Um, and that market, sort of the entire demand gen sort of responsibility was essentially viewed as marketing's responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so that shifted over time um, almost entirely from one camp to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're, now where you see that go to market motion owned by sales most of the time. Um, and so I've been personally for 10 years, honestly, to be frank, um, wanting to sort of solve this problem, which is the fact that introductions, referrals, relationships are the easiest way, um, to go to market and get into accounts mm-hmm. and put your best foot forward. And generally speaking, nobody does it. And I've wanted to figure out a way for people to be able to do it. Maybe not all the time, but some, you know, that that should be core to how we go to market. That should be core to how we sell sell and market. And it's essentially been ignored. And that's, that. It, you know, for this, this is the one idea that I felt personally um, passionate enough about to commit all the way to. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, here we are. Awesome. Talking today on Sales Pipeline Ready with uh, Brendan Cassidy. He's the co-founder, co-CEO of CoSell.io, and you can find him, believe it or not, at CoSell.io. Why? Why have referrals been so difficult? Why? Why has it? Why has this been a perennial challenge for sales organizations, not just to do, but really do consistently at scale? Because I th- well, I think that's there's a lot of different reasons why, but like certainly what. First off, most salespeople, most salespeople don't really know how to play relationship angles. I'd say so. Um, you know, there is there's an art and a science to it, but like, yeah, on some level, it's it's as good as your network potentially, right? Or your your network, or your Rolodex, and the people that you know, and you very well may have 
the network to do it much more effectively than you do do it, but you don't. I think generally is the is the theme for most salespeople, mm -hmm. and I think we've you know we've sort of moved into this sort of like um, sort of separation of church and state model around sales, right? Where you have sort of the SDR demand gen side, and then you have the right. sales side, right? And the demand gen side is expected to fully uh, book an AE's schedule, and the AEs themselves don't do a lot of prospecting, right? So the the concept of like a full stack account executive or a full stack salesperson has essentially gone out the window. Mm -hmm. And and I, I get it. And I, they're, they're, they're certainly, you should have a dedicated SDR organization, no doubt. That's table stakes, I think. But in that, you know, salespeople, most, most salespeople don't know how to play the angles. Most salespeople don't know how to look at an account and say, you know, you used to work for uh, Microsoft, right? And I want to get into Microsoft CRM, CRM organization. And, and how do I, you know, how do I find, not just find and identify the angles, but plan yeah. that could be a referral that could be, it, there's a lot of things that could be, but we don't do it generally speaking. And so like, this is one small step in that direction, right? Which is saying, Hey, like there are people around us that can get us that know our customers Mm -hmm. that can introduce us to our customers and if we're not doing that we're not we're not we're not doing our best period that's my yeah. that's my opinion so yeah well and sometimes even even something that's a good idea we need a process we need a system we need a platform to help facilitate that mm -hmm. on a more consistent basis uh, yeah know, i think most consistent most good sellers i know have a system for prospecting system for selling and, you know, sometimes it comes down to a set of processes and checklists. Sometimes it's just a list of things you got to check off and do every day. And even the most successful people still need those reminders and those that infrastructure around them to be successful at doing that. Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, on some level, like prospecting can't just be a numbers game. Mm -hmm. Right. And when we say like every problem has a brute force solution, right, which is just more emails, more cold calls, whatever it is. That's not true, right? And there, there's a cost to that, meaning, you know, like you look at, <laughs> you you can only sort of inundate the market with your message so many times, right? Um, in a sort of sort of one-to-many approach. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's a huge advantage to saying, you know, hey, like what is our absolute most strategic path into some subset, at a minimum, some subset of our customers. Yeah. Um, and if we can up level our game there, Meaning, hey, we're get, we know that we're getting into you know twenty percent of our deals through referrals. You're in a, you're in a much better position in those deals vis-a-vis -vis the competition, who you know is maybe in the door through a cold call or some other way. If you're in the door through an introduction, a qualified introduction from somebody that the prospect knows, mm -hmm. you have an inherent advantage from the word go. So. Now, some people will use the term partner marketing and channel marketing interchangeably as if they're the same things. Can you talk a little bit about what you see as the difference between having sort of a partner sort of referral introduction approach and sort of what a lot of people think of as channel sales channel channel approach? Yeah, I think I look at it as um, not necessarily not in maybe traditional terms around like sort of what is a partner strategy or what is a channel strategy, but. I look at it as, you know, there's so many of us, right? There's so many companies in the sales cloud or the marketing cloud or the support that really, literally, I mean, there's thousands, right? Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and all of them have this similar, many have a similar go to market motion as we do, Mm -hmm. right? They're all, they're trying to get to the same buyers with the same methods and and all the rest. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the basic premise of CoSell is, Hey, if I can find a company that has a parallel go to market motion with me, meaning they are selling to the same people I am, Mm -hmm. but we're not competing against them. Why would I not want to join forces with them and say, you know, Hey, where can I help you? Where, where can I help you or get you into an account? Where can you get me into an account? Mm-hmm. It's the lowest hanging fruit I can possibly imagine from a sales and marketing standpoint in the last 20 years. Absolutely. And we don't do it. And so that's what we're trying to sort of automate that. that that's how we think about it. We don't think about it in terms of partners. Mm-hmm. We think about it in terms of people that have a similar go-to-market motion and a similar target buyer that we don't compete against. And if we can, if we can help them and they can help us, why are we not doing that? It's crazy. It is crazy. It's like Um, saying you can, you know, you're at house values and I'm at Zillow or whatever it is. Right. I I know you're, I wanted to give you a house values (laughs) reference there, by the way. Homework. (laughs) I I bet you don't get that every day, by the way. No, not. (laughs) uh, House values. By the way, house values, the amount of talent that came out of house values, crazy. Yeah. Like you can put the trajectory of like the Seattle tech scene, at least in the sales and marketing world, people coming out of house values went to Jobster to Mm -hmm. DocuSign and a lot of these companies up there. So it's pretty impressive. Anyways, I'll I'll move off that. But um, um, what was I saying again? (laughs) Uh, Well, you're you're just talking about the importance of those, you know, those co-sell opportunities, basically. Exactly. Like, so so for instance, if, um, I'll just throw two companies out there, say Outreach and Gong, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, you don't think of them as competitors, you know, maybe they do compete at some point and there's overlap. I'm not trying to get into <laughs> how right. that sort of that space plays out or consolidates over time. But um, here's, you know, here's two companies that, Hey, like we're selling to the same, same customer, mm-hmm. non-competing solutions. So what if, you know, I could find out, Hey, where do my prospective customers overlap with your existing and vice versa? Um, why would you, you know, why would you not do that? It's like, and the alternative is to say, you know what? I don't want to do that. Let's go send another 10,000 emails, right? <laughs> um, and that seems to be the mentality. And, I, you know, changing that behavior in my, for me, is the most important thing I could do in my career. I was early at LinkedIn, 15th employee at LinkedIn, built the corporate sales org there. Um, EchoSign, we were acquired by Adobe, uh, TalkDesk, Gong, all these companies that helped build. And I, I view this as the most important thing I can do in my career, which is, yeah, yeah that's, you know, not, I'm yeah. not saying I'm not guaranteeing my success in any way, but like it's worth, it's ambitious, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, boy, you, you got me, got my brain thinking about the, the house values uh, alumni network now, right. Where you've got, you know, it, it does seem like, well, what's interesting is there's a, there's a lot of people that have obviously moved on to great things. You've got Ian Morris, who's moved on to new companies. You've got Nikki Parekh, who's running Supplari, a great procurement as a service firm. You got Marina as who was leading real self and helping them grow valuation for a while. Um, and then you have Scott Smith, shout out Scott Smith, who's still there, Brandon. He's uh, so he was, you know, like house values, became market leader, sold the Trulia, truly got bought by Zillow. Zillow sold market leader. And then recently market leader bought top producer, which was a CRM competitor to house values back in the day. And Scott's running that whole empire now. So shout out to Scott and everyone else who's uh, coming out. I bet bet the the campfire stories will probably go go for a while on uh, surviving all those transitions. 
there you know, we we are we are awful at getting the alumni group back together there was a couple three years ago there was sort of a, a, a just any and all house values market leader alumni event at their new office building that was super fun even the being Mark able Powell. to yeah i think surviving sort of being the acquired right yeah and surviving all the different layers of post-acquisition um change yep i think that's that's in and of itself an art form um but but yeah i mean basically it's you know the concept is really like uh, there's a guy named Riley Devine, actually, that was at House Values sure. when you were there. He's one of my best yeah. friends. He worked for me at, at Echo Sign. He's now the top rep at Outreach. And uh-huh. um, yeah, like some one of the, and he's sort of been aligned with me that this is, hey, this is just, this has to happen, this idea, this product. Yeah. And, and part of our rationale for it and talking to Riley years ago is like, even if you just found one salesperson, right? Riley is at Outreach and he finds one rapid gong right and they can find out where their overlaps are yep just just four or five introductions and referrals into mm-hmm. accounts and into deals mm-hmm. it's meaningful right very meaningful. Uh, yeah. when you're playing at that level right and i think it's it's how do we move away from this brute force just let's just blast the world and scorch the earth yep. mentality to sales and marketing and start moving towards let's be super targeted and super strategic and maybe we, you know, we don't have to empty the holster every time we want to win some customers. Uh, we got just a couple more minutes here. Way, I'm, not, I'm not a good owner, so. No, it's all, <laughs> Although, it's all good. No, I appreciate it. Anymore, so. <laughs> we got to wrap up here in a couple minutes with our guest today, co-founder, co-CEO, co-sell.io, Brendan Cassidy. And, you know, we were talking about sort of just finding those couple of deals to sort of get things going. And, you know, someone, you know, has, you know, let's talk about the chicken or egg scenario here, right? Like someone told me once that it, partnerships don't create deals, deals create partnerships. And I know a lot of people say, hey, let's work together. Let's do our account mapping. Let's come up with this great strategy of how we work together. Like that's all great and fine and good. But sometimes you get those one or two deals where you go to market together and all of a sudden you're like, okay, there's juice here. This really works. It validates things. In your experience, like what's what's the chicken and the egg? Like, do you focus first on deals, or do you find those like-minded partners and build some structure behind it? Yeah, I mean, you you know, certainly this can't happen without some partners, right? <laughs> on some level, so um, what we've seen a lot of the time is it's like a lot of times it's like two VPs of sales for company X and company Y, right? That know because the sales leadership community has kind of become a, commu- a real community of sales over the last five or six years. So a lot of us know each other. And so it's like, hey, I know, you know, I know Matt, Matt runs sales at this company. I know he sells to CROs, right? And mm-hmm. then I reach out and I'm like, hey, I'm like, maybe we can help each other, right? So it really kind of starts at that level. I think where when it's just a partner, partnership manager level initiative, mm-hmm. that's not good enough, right? Yeah. Like this has to be an initiative that has the full support and sponsorship of sales leaders. Oftentimes that's where the partnership side reports. And I think that's, you know, certainly there has been, we're not the first to kind of come into this arena. There, there has been some companies that have been here, raised money and had, you know, and created, you know, real progress and momentum for themselves. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't view this. I review this as a referral. This is about driving referrals and introductions mm-hmm. through people we know. Mm-hmm. This is not just about partner enablement. And I think that's, you know, if you're just selling a solution to partner managers, you're, not getting it done in my opinion right Right. because that's not selling into the power really quite frankly um and so that's you know where we're going here is 
the the sort of uh, intersection of sales leadership and sort of the partner side of the business, which to this point has been mostly unmarried, just because most VPs of sales don't view the partnership side as a creative. Mm-hmm. And they're coming your way. <laughs> so I would tell any partner manager listening, VP of sales is coming. So um, you're going to have to, you know, this is going to have to be a joint effort between the partner side of the business and, and the sales side of the business, because the sales mm-hmm. side is the only way you can really get distribution for this. Right. Um, you can't get it through a single partner manager trying to mine deals through partners mm-hmm. um, while you have 30 salespeople over here, you know, sort of going their own way. And so that's my take on it. And that's, that's, that'll be a shift because to this point, most partner managers want to just kind of use this as kind of their secret garden. Right. Um, And ain't going to, ain't going to work no more. So, yep. Yep. Got it. So we're looking, we're looking forward to being a a big part of that behavioral shift. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I've been impressed with what I've seen so far from CoSell. So definitely folks check out CoSell.io. Lots to learn there. They've got a great blog and podcast as well. Yeah. So learn more about making this part of your regular motion uh, in your business and your go-to-market yeah. strategy. Uh, Brandon Cassidy, co-founder, co-CEO, co-sell.io. Thanks very much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks. Uh, glad to join you. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, thanks everyone for listening and watching. We'll be here again next week, every week, Thursday at 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern, live on LinkedIn. Uh, And thanks, everyone, for listening on the podcast as well. This is Matt Hines. You've been listening to Sales Pipeline Radio.